Welcome back to another episode of the Honest Bloke Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Really, really excited to share today's episode and the conversation that I had with Charles. Charles Missy, just phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Probably my favourite episode so far, if I'm being honest. Before we jump into the conversation and share that with you, just a quick message from our sponsor. So the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy service that's helping millions of people around the world. To use the service, it couldn't be more simple. All you have to do is fill out a two-minute questionnaire online and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist within 48 hours. All you have to do is go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash the honest bloke and you will get 10% off your first month. There are hundreds of therapists that you can choose from, each of them having their own area of specialty or expertise, so you'll be able to find someone that will suit your specific requirements really easily. That's all from the sponsor. Again, super grateful that BetterHelp sponsored the podcast, so thank you to those guys. Uh, now, onto the episode. So, Charles Missy, I honestly feel like I've made a friend. <laughs> I've, got a new, I've got a new buddy. Um, just an incredible energy story. Um, and, and message Charles I've recently came across Charles and his work through again the wonders of social media and um, I just yeah was blown away by again his energy the content that he's creating and his message and I just knew I had to have a conversation with him the conversation was yeah just more than I expected really really grateful for, for again his contribution his insight his wisdom and uh, I really really hope you enjoy the episode so I'm going to play that now and uh, yeah let, let me know what you think if you want to send me a message on Instagram or whatever we'd love to hear your your thoughts and feedback but here's the episode let's kick it off right Charles Missy welcome to the Honest Bloke podcast how are you mate mate I'm amazing, brother. Thank you so much, James, for having me on your show. Very honored to be here. And um, yeah, mate, how are you? Thank you very much for asking. Um, yeah, really, really well, mate. And um, and buzzing to have you here uh, to to just share a conversation with you. Because uh, I mean, I was, I was saying to you just before we started the episode, I was like, I love these types of conversations because you and I have never literally said a word to each other until now. You know, we've exchanged a few DMs um, and... I always get excited because it feels like a bit of a mandate. It feels like we're, yeah. you know, like we're jumping in and we're going, right, I want to get to know this dude. I'm excited. Yeah, um, it's crazy because now I know on, um, I think some dating apps now, they actually, they they actually encourage you to have a date over like a, a FaceTime call or something like that because of COVID. So, mate, that's how like I met just... my girl. That's, that's how I met my partner, mate. Like this is, like, so that's the same thing. Oh, man. no like, way. Oh, there you we're go. Kick, we're kicking off a bromance here, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Nah, man, like, again, great, grateful for your time. And uh, yeah, just wanted to, I mean, first of all, as always, a, a bit of an intro to, to maybe who you are, a bit about what you do would be would be great, man. Awesome. So um, uh, I labeled myself as a holistic health coach. Uh, what I do is I help people uh, mentally, spiritually, and physically on their health journey. Um, the way in which I facilitate that, I've got a health studio in Bondi called the Bondi Health House. We run meditation events here, spiritual ceremonies, sound healings. We do indigenous ceremonies. So the Aboriginal indigenous ceremonies, we do that over here. Um, and we've also got a gym in which we facilitate the physical component. And through that course as well, um, just how to implement all these things into a lifestyle to create habitual change. So that's the mental component as well. We do that in many different ways. Um, 
talking about me and my business partner here, the health house, and um, also got an online coaching business where we do the same thing only online. And I uh, also run a drum circle here every uh, week by the beach, Bondi Sunset Music. And uh, that's something that's just grown organically over the past year. Never really expected to get this big, but we've been featured on TV and many numerous articles uh, on the internet. Uh, we're getting a lot of attention now. And really, it's just very aligned with what I'm about, which is uh, creating a safe space for people to express themselves. And um, that's a big part of what I'm about now, because I don't believe that many people feel comfortable expressing themselves. Therefore, there's lots of emotion that's just bottled up and that manifests into poor states of being, poor behaviors and poor health. Wonderfully uh, articulated there, man. Like that was just, I was just sat there like, yeah, this, this guy's, <laughs> he's, this, this guy's a bit of me. I like, I like what he's about. Um, no, nah, that's a, that's a wonderful message. And I think, uh, you know, what, why I wanted to talk to you. So again, you know, as is, I find a very common theme with everyone that I'm having on the podcast is just like, so I've started following you on Instagram and I found you because <laughs> it's like the wonders of the wonders of social media, no, no bounds. Um, but I came across your profile and I can't remember which of the, which of your pieces of content came first, but I saw, you know, I, I saw you know, the, the kind of the energy that you were sharing across some of your direct content where you were speaking about, um, I think you did a video around unlearning sort of an unhealthy or a demotivating mindset. Mm. Um, but mm, you did yeah. a wonderful job of tying, you know, your delivery is tying humor in with a fantastically powerful message. And that's where, you know, that's ultimately where people will show up and go, yeah, I like this guy, I like, you know, when you can really mix that humor in with a yeah, a message that means something is, I think that's where you're going to get agree. a lot of traction. So um, there was that and the drumming. Um, I mean, I'm a drummer, by the way, like, you know, oh, yeah, I've, I've, oh, wow. yeah drum since I was a kid. I haven't, haven't picked up a, a pair of sticks in a few years. Um, but that's sick, man. When, I, when I saw the energy that comes out of, you know, the, the work that you do around the music and the following and, yeah, I just saw that. I went, fuck, that is, you know, that that looks like a place where anyone, anyone would want to be. And also somewhere, I guess, as you put it, somewhere where people feel safe expressing themselves. Like, yeah. that's a pretty, pretty cool thing to, uh, to cultivate. 100%, man. That's like my intention now, um, you know, through my own journey of work through myself, um, I've redefined my sense of purpose and really it is just to keep sharing love you know as much as i can um and i do that in different ways so for me you know when i'm out there drumming on the beach you know i'm sharing love in the sense of creating a space for people to be able to connect with each other and form form a community and then the more that they connect with each other the more that they build rapport with each other the more comfortable that they are start expressing themselves to each other verbally of whatever's going on in their life because everyone's going through something but not everyone's expressing what they're going through in the form of words in the form of dance in the form of art in the form of hobbies whatever it is so just being able to facilitate one way in which people can look at that and be like wow i feel drawn to that you know the drums is really just the the way to get people in but it's, it's a lot more than that it's once you're there you're you're essentially fulfilling a lot of your needs as a human being. And a lot of that is to have a sense of belonging, to be a part of a tribe, to be able to express yourself 
um, and do that in a space where you can get into presence. So the music helps you do that. Being in nature helps you do that. And being in that state where you're present, well, then that's really where you're starting to form new connections into your brain because you're not feeding into those other connections that are just like those old thinking patterns, those behaviors that aren't serving you, whether it's around comparing yourself to others or judging others or, you know, perfectionism. When you're present, you're not feeding energy into those neural pathways. So you're not just running on autopilot. You're essentially present and you're like, fuck, man, this is sick. Like, now, you know, wow, like nothing really matters, you know, everything's good. You know what I mean? And, and, and having those thoughts in your head, when you're present, like, wow, this is sick. Wow, my God, life is beautiful. Like, fuck yeah, give me a hug, man. Like feeding into those neural pathways, it really does change your perception of reality because everything around you just starts to change because you're essentially building new thinking patterns and what you think you feel, what you feel you do. And then it's all, it's all connected, man. <laughs> do you know what man as you were saying that so i was sat there you, you talk about presence because you know uh when it comes to being present and being in the here and now like i mean what would you say because i mean i have my thoughts and feelings on it but so many people struggle with it so many people experience mm -hmm. whether it's depression thinking about the past anxiety being stuck in a story they've told themselves about the future something that's going to be mm -hmm. happening that they realistically have no control over in in that time and what you're giving people through through that work is is that gift of being pr present i mean why would you what, what are your thoughts on why can't people do that just off, off their own back yeah very good question look it, it really comes down to the fact that people don't feel like they deserve it okay so when you're present that's when you're really acknowledging and recognizing where you are in this world. Now, where you are in this world, if you're present, that's when you can really acknowledge that you're safe, that you're secure and that you feel love. Okay. That's what you feel when you're in presence. Like if you're looking at a sunset and you're present as you're looking at the sunset, you just feel this amazing feeling, you know, I, we can't really describe it, but I'll, if I was going to describe it as a word, I'd say love. Okay. You're feeling safe. You're feeling secure as you're watching the sun go down. You could do that in any context. You can do that as you're just sitting down in your house. You can do that as you're going for a walk. You can do that as you're dancing. You can even do that as you're reading or whatever it may be. But the reason why people limit themselves, because that's what they're doing. They are limiting themselves from being in present is because they don't feel like they deserve it. So you've got different types of thinking patterns that prevent people from feeling and accepting love. So let's say there's one thinking pattern called the achiever mindset. So the achiever mindset, they have a subconscious belief that in order for them to feel love, they have to achieve something. So what they do as a motivation strategy is they deprive themselves from love until they've achieved that task. Once they've achieved that task, that's when they'll feel some love so they'll be like, oh, wow. And that's when they'll get into presence for a short period of time. Okay, like, whoa, yeah, fuck yeah. I just like made, you know, 10 grand or whatever it is. You know, I just like got like this many sales at work or I just bought this car, whatever it is. So for that short time, they'll feel present. And then because their mind goes back into the same loop and same thinking pattern again, they go, okay, what's next? Mm. Okay, so they deprive themselves from love in order to motivate them themselves to do things so this person lives an existence where they're not really present much 
and they constantly feel like they need to do more and do more and do more. And this can happen when people get to the stage where they're very wealthy, highly successful from the outside, if you're looking at them. And, uh, but really deep down, um, I'm not talking about all of them, but they're, you know, there's, there could be people in a situation where they could have a lot of these things and achieved so much, but they don't see it. All they see is all the things they haven't achieved. So that's one way in which people can prevent themselves from being in present because whoever's struggling to be in presence, there's a positive intention behind why they're doing that. Okay. So even if someone is, is uh, anxious and they don't feel like they're safe. So the positive intention for them to be anxious and not let go and be present is because they're priming themselves in this state, this yang state of like the sympathetic nervous system where they're more alert, okay? Their heart rate's elevated, their blood pressure's elevated. They prime themselves in this state because they have a subconscious belief that they're not safe, that they're not secure. So that's a survival mechanism, putting themselves in that state of stress in order to be able to get ready to fight off a predator or, you know, if someone's going to attack them or something like that because they don't believe that they're safe. So it doesn't make sense for that person to just let go and be present. Mm. So that's their positive intention is to keep themselves alive. Now, these are all just stories. But in order for this person to be present, they got to go into that story and be like, wait a minute, am I actually safe? Well, yeah, I am. So why am I running this thinking pattern? Okay, blah, 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 blah. somewhere in childhood, something traumatic happened that anytime they walked into a supermarket because they got attacked when they were in a supermarket when they were eight years old, they automatically get into this state of stress. So it's like, you got to go back into that story, challenge the fuck out of it, okay? And then you basically, anytime you're challenging it, that's when you're getting, you're, you're making new connections and it takes a lot of energy to challenge it. Like, when I'm in conversations with the, with people as I'm doing this, like you, a lot of people, they're getting confused, like emotions are arising. Like a lot of people start to get into this state where they don't want to be. And it uses up a lot of energy doing that, but it's really to, you're using up this energy to free this, this massive amount of stress and energy from you. So that afterwards you're like, Oh my God, now I don't have to spend so much energy putting myself into that state of stress. And now I've got so much more energy to just fucking enjoy, enjoy my life, you know? Be here, be now and just, yeah, fucking enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah, mate, like what you're describing there is unpacking trauma and the fact that we none of us get guided into, n no one gets taught that, right? So, and also no one gets educated on what trauma is. So as we grow up, you know, we think, we think trauma is, I guess, what they call these capital T traumas, you know, like parents getting divorced, uh, you know, abuse. But mm. there are lots of these sort of more subtle things that occur and that we don't realize that they've created all of this. Yeah, like this fight or flight, um, like response with it, this state that comes up within us like day to day. And we don't realize sure. that we're spending a, probably a very, you know, a high, high percentage of our conscious time awake in the world leaning towards that state or in that state you know we're running around fucking mad anxious like mm. worrying about what could be worrying about what could happen um so i mean yeah man i fucking hear you like <laughs> it's just like because i i mean let's be honest like to to have to have reached an understanding of this stuff i think you and i will probably both agree you've been on your journey to mm. maybe you, there was a time where you i don't know 
you were more you were unconscious to it all but it reached like you know what fuck like this is too hard i mean ha- go like your journey into understanding all this mm. stuff like yeah where did it yeah. where did it come from or where did it start good question man so um uh i used to uh i spent a large amount of time uh not present uh experiencing high levels of anxiety uh, experiencing high levels of depression, literally to the point where I was isolating myself in my room for up to 16 hours a day, uh, pretty much inside my room all day. Um, very heavy in my chaos, um, had no direction, no purpose, um, very extreme on one side or the other with, with my vibe. So like I'd go really heavy into feminine energy which is like the chaos so like it if you go and really heavy into it it really manifests its way into this whole like fuck it i don't know what i'm doing like because the masculine energy is a real sort of you know you're controlling you're targeting you're achieving goals you're you're going through that process so i would go through really extreme states from one or the other and um that was my existence for a very long time and um the positive now that I look back at my story, it's all part of the story. So now that I look back, um, I was trying to numb the emotions that were associated to that state. So when you're living in a state of anxiety, um, you know, that anxiety is a message about something in your subconscious from your childhood. And there's an emotion that's attached to it. And, um, you know, as a man, I think um, these days, expressing emotion is such a taboo thing, um, particularly expressing certain emotions like some emotions now they almost seem to be masculine and some emotions are seen to be feminine which is very untrue all mo- no emotions are good no emotions are bad no emotions are specific to a gender mm. no emotions are specific to either being masculine or feminine so i think because i was so i was actually so my feminine energy so lost and confused and chaotic i almost adopted expressing more of these like emotions that I associated with being masculine, like aggression and things like that. So that became one of my only ways that I was expressing myself. And I was very aggressive. I actually used to attend anger management um, at school. Um, So that was sort of my state at that time. Judge myself anytime that I would feel any certain emotions that I deemed as bad, like crying and sadness and things like that, even though it was essential to me being able to express to learn more about my state. So I was living like that for a long period of time. And then um, one of the main things that sort of kicked it off for me was traveling. And um, I experienced a a breakup at the time. And at the time I was just heavy in a state of depression. I didn't know what was going on. And all all I knew was that I needed to get my mind off it. So I used traveling as a way for something to look forward to just to keep getting me through like each week. So that became like a motivation strategy using futuristic type thinking as a way for me to do it. Now that I look back at it, um, you know, it was a part of my story. It worked for me at the time, but now if I was experiencing something like that, I'll definitely handle it a lot more different, but you learn by trial and error. And as you were saying, you know, we didn't get taught this sort of stuff, how to regulate our emotions and how to process this, all this information that's coming in. That's, associated to our past it can be quite intense so um i found that i had to just kind of learn it myself growing up in a uh, with a single mother four kids three sisters so i didn't have any real strong 
uh, male role models in the house to teach me how to access like a strong masculine energy and be able to like, it's okay to express your emotions. And, you know, what does this all mean to you and be able to help me rationalize this whole thing that's going on. Everything was quite chaotic. So I started traveling. And then as I was traveling, um, that's when my perception of reality was challenged immensely. So prior to that, you know, I was in the same sort of environment, same sort of people, same thinking patterns and everything just runs on autopilot. And, you know, a lot of people get stuck in this sort of system for years. You know, they can experience trauma from their childhood. They experience all these other experiences that gather evidence to suggest why their trauma is true. Like in the case for me, my trauma was my dad leaving my mom. I didn't feel like I was good enough as a son. The breakup was further evidence to suggest, ah, there's more evidence. Oh, I didn't get that job. That's more evidence. So you can just kind of keep supporting that trauma and it just gets bigger and bigger and more reinforced and all those neural pathways get thicker and thicker and energy just travels through them a lot more efficiently, right? So as I was traveling, I wasn't in the same environment that just kept feeding the same mindset. So I was going... I was making a conscious effort to actually go to places that were very challenging. I was traveling to Pakistan, going on the border of Afghanistan. I was driving solo, uh, driving uh, through like the desert of Namibia, climbing mountains in Nepal, uh, going hiking in Peru, going to the Amazon, going to the favelas in Brazil, going to the Middle East. I was really, I was like a hiked Lebanon for like three weeks straight solo, like with just nothing but a backpack and, I was doing lots of extreme things. And as I was doing that, I really started to learn how to be more present because I was spending a lot of time in nature. That's where this whole channel earth thing started. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, channel, channel earth is just like a movement that I've started uh, to get people to reconnect with nature because uh, it's been so healing for me. Uh, I've had so much benefit uh, for it myself that now I actually use it as a way for people to, it's like, just go out in nature a little bit more and you'll sort your shit out. You know, it's just a tool to be able to help you process and regulate. So like I was going out on these long hikes for weeks and you just, you're with yourself, you know, you're not with all your distractions and all the things you think you need to do and social media mm. and work and like comparing yourself to others. Like I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. All I'm with is myself. And that's when my mind just started processing things. It's like, okay, yeah, that happened when you were young and, you know, that trauma happened and, you know, what does that mean to you? And, well, I don't know what it means to me. Like I was just having these conversations in my head and the more I started processing things, it was kind of like I just started going through a fucking huge list of emails, like thousands of emails. And I just started going through them and answering them and I started working through it to the point where I had an amount of emails that whenever it came in, it was easy to process in that moment. It wasn't just like a big backlog. I was just like, like all these thoughts in my head because I've been distracting and numbing it for so long. Yeah. So lots of time in nature, lots of moments where like, you know, I was seeing street kids, beggars, like going into slums, like just climbing up the top of Mount Kilimanjaro going, what the fuck is this whole thing about life? You know, what is it all about? Like just asking myself lots of deep questions and getting to all these realizations and, as I was doing that, my brain was just really just fucking changing, man. And, and I'd come back to Australia, to where I'm from, and I started seeing everything differently. It's like my the lenses, all the filters were just removed. And I was like, holy fuck, I actually do have a lot. I've actually got a beautiful family, you know? I forgive my father for what he did. Now I've got a closer relationship with him. Now I'm not so controlling with things that I can't control. Like I just started letting go of all these fucking thinking patterns that aren't serving me. And yeah, that's basically... 
basically how we it all sort of started, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. That was, uh, again, man, it's powerful to listen to because, like, I think all I just like the overall, the overarching message there is that you had to really, really disconnect to reconnect with yourself, right? You had to disconnect mm. with all of the stories that you'd been telling yourself subconsciously. You had to disconnect from the, the you know, your world, the, 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 the place that you lived, you had to go and travel, you know, you went to some, some serious fucking extremes, you know, like mm. you, you really, really, you know, you, you went everywhere. You sort of searched fucking high and low, but it was mm. about disconnecting and experiencing all of those different places, those different energies, those people. Um, That's right. When I like, when you said about the fact that you got into nature and disconnected it suddenly you were start you were able to start joining the dots up between you know hang on a minute that's that's a story here's 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 an, here's a different way of thinking here's a different way of perceiving that situation um that happened to me last year when i had been struggling to so i'd been struggling to get over uh like basically a trauma of a, a, my most recent relationship. It had been two years and I'd been, I'd been sat with it for two years and I'd just been letting it just, I'd just been like, like, I'm just going to sit with it. I'm just going to sit with it. Like I'm going to get okay with the discomfort. I'm going to be fine with it. Like I'm going to let it try and teach me something, but I was just sitting with it and I was still kind of ignoring it. I wasn't like actually going into it and figuring it out. And it was only when I, my disconnection was I completely stopped dating I completely disconnected from women entirely. I basically went celibate for about four months. And in that disconnection, I was suddenly able to piece together the trauma. And it just, it came through to me like one morning, like a fucking divine thought. Like I, I wasn't even sat there like scribbling notes down, trying to figure it out. It just came to me and I was like, okay. So like it fucked me up because again, I was a, I guess a child of divorce, you know? Um, and the reason that my mum and dad separated was because uh, my dad didn't know how to show up for my mum emotionally. And therefore the relationship ended. And I went, ah, oh, fuck. I've actually spent every relationship I've ever been in in my life doing the opposite. So showing up like, like holding space for them, being extremely emotionally available, being really compassionate, really loving, really attentive. Um, and the reason I was doing that was because subconsciously it would mean to me that they could never leave me the way that my dad yeah. left or the way that my, the way that my mum left my dad because he didn't show up emotionally. And the reason that the most recent relationship fucked me up was because uh, she left me, she cheated on me and left me, especially when I was going through quite a hard time. But I was like, but I give you so much. And that was the story. I didn't realize that I thought I was just like a great boyfriend, right? I thought I was just this like fucking great boyfriend who was just yeah, really, really yeah. like really caring and really, but actually what I was doing is I was telling my partners that I will love you on the condition. I'll give you everything, but you can never leave me. And it was only mm -hmm. when I realized that and I went, oh fuck, that was a bit unfair of me. And I've been playing mm -hmm. the victim in my head for like two years. So it was only in that disconnection from completely, cause I mean, during that two years, I was like, right, I'm not gonna have a girlfriend. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. I was still, I was still sleeping with people. I was still having casual encounters. You know, I was still yeah. dating on a surface level, but I had to, it was only when I got sick of my own shit and, you know, I was still kind of hurting people that I went, right. Mm. I got to fucking quit this. Like I have to stop. I had to disconnect entirely. And then man, the fucking healing happens. I mean, I wasn't on yeah. top of a mountain, 
but (laughs) (laughs) but you know that goes to show you that um it doesn't matter physically where you are in the world it really doesn't matter and that's something that i've noticed in the past year um like the start of COVID, uh, like I've completely redefined uh, my sense of purpose and it's solidified a lot more with me and I didn't have to travel to do that. Um, mm. I was actually planning on this year traveling for a year straight from Mongolia all the way to South Africa, like going through all those countries without catching an airplane. Like I was still in that mindset where I was still quite lost, you know, and the reason why I was doing that is because in general, my life here, it's quite masculine. Like, it's like, okay, business, let's do this, let's do that. That's how it was a lot uh, for a long period of time. And the only time I would really let go was when I was going traveling. And that's why I had this, just like this urge. I was like, fuck, I just want to let go. I just want to let go. Because that's where I was getting all the realizations when really all I had to do was just learn how to let go here. Mm. Let go of trying to control things. Because when you're in that state of feminine energy, feminine energy is like letting go, going with the flow. The that's fl- when you're- the flow, surrender. That's it. You're, you're surrendering. That's when your emotions just do its thing. That's when you feel your emotions. When you, whenever you're feeling an emotion, there's always, there's like a mind, body, spiritual process all occurring at the exact same time. So the emotional part is the spiritual component. Now, as you're feeling that emotion, you're going to get thoughts that are connected to that emotion. You get a physical response out of it. So anytime I would feel the emotion from letting go because I'm not trying to control how I'm like, okay, got to be professional and all that shit. Okay. That's when you can actually get the information related to it. So for me, it was like, fuck, COVID's gone. I can't travel. Bang. What does this mean to me? Bang. Emotions. Okay. Fuck. Holy shit. I was actually relying on traveling for so long in order for me to just let go and get my realizations. Do I really need to do that? No, I don't really need to do that. I'm here right now. Why can't I find the answer now? What is it about me now that is not okay? Like, what is it that I'm doing right now? And then just kept asking myself these questions because I was allowing myself to just let go of trying to control shit. Then it came to me. And now through that whole process, I've started three businesses that I'm fucking very passionate with that are aligned with exactly what i want to be doing in my life and you know i'm not working as a pt underground uh anymore and um so yeah i think it's just the letting go part i think you know when it comes to processing your traumas regulating all this stuff like going through your process of healing i think a lot of people go into it with a very masculine type you know very controlling type way and really all that is it's just their control mindset manifesting out into a different context and if you've got too many contexts where that type of energy is being reflected in, well, then you've got no context where you're just going with the flow. So it's very imbalanced. You're very dominant in that mm. energy. And then you're not allowing yourself to get into the state where you're doing your healing, where you're doing your work, where you're letting go and you're just trusting the process and fuck. Okay. I let go. Oh my God. I am safe. If I let go. Oh, there's another instance where I've let go and everything's okay. Oh, let go. I felt good. Like you're just gathering more and more evidence to suggest that, Holy shit, I am secure. Hmm. I'm safe. Because all yeah. the stories are just stories that make you feel insecure. And it'll do that in all different parts, in your relationships, at work, in social settings, in regards to finance, whatever it is. Like it just manifests its, out, its way into all these different parts of your existence. Because anytime you're walking around in life, you've got these stories playing in your head And it doesn't matter where you are, those stories filter out how you're seeing everything around you. So if you've got deep subconscious beliefs that 
that reflect an insecure experience, well, it doesn't matter what you do, everything's going to feel really insecure. So the more you just let go and tell you, and you get to that realization, it's like, fuck, I'm safe. Well, then all these experiences that are happening around you, you'll feel more comfortable. You feel more safe. And it takes time. I think that's another part people don't understand. Like this really takes, it's a, it's a long-term thing. Like I'm still learning shit about myself now. Like, don't think that I got my shit all together, guys. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I I still get confused. I still get very, very unsure of things. But I think what I'm learning now is that the confusion the emotions that arise, all those things, it's just a part of our existence. It's a part of it. You're going to get confused because you can't always know everything. You can't always know. There's always things that you're going to get confused about and that's okay because you're confused before you know and then you know that and then something else happens and then you're confused about it and then you know. So you're always, that's, that's the whole polarity of everything. Like everything's going into this like, opposite end of the spectrum i just think that it's important that it's not so extreme on the opposites it's, it's just something that's a bit more balanced a bit more manageable and it's serving you well that's the most important thing like i don't mind getting confused if it's serving me well if i'm in a situation like i don't fucking know that and i'm okay with that i don't judge myself for not knowing it mm. yeah like it's it's the uh it's just that when you talk, so one of the things that I knew, I knew I wanted to talk to you when you, I saw in one of your videos, you were like, right, masculine, feminine. I was like, right, this is my fucking dude. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, it, so yeah, like you're talking, so that I think is where I see a lot of struggle within men in particular, because you've got an inability. Well, first of all, an inability to access all of those surrender emotion, you know, that flow and, and feel all of mm-hmm. our feelings. Right. Um, we get massively taught to fear that those parts of us and we also get taught to isolate and, and compete with each other and that disconnection is where men actually spend i think a lot of their time just in in almost go back to that like that uh that fight or flight you know constantly in emotion you know we, we constantly feel unsafe we constantly feel like um you know we need to control everything we need to fix everything and I think it's part of the collective like suffering of men is that we don't we don't know how to just fucking surrender, let go, mm-hmm. uh, allow ourselves to feel what we feel. Um, yeah. It's it's just just not ingrained within us. We we fear it so much. So when those emotions start to come start to come up within us, like we fucking panic and we don't know how to sit in the discomfort of the panic or the anxiety or the fear of abandonment or whatever that fucking thing is that comes up within us, we just, we fear it and we fucking, I don't know, numb it or run away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they're in that sort of experience, they're in that sort of state, just understand that it's okay. You know, like if, if you're finding that, you know, you're, you don't have the skills to be able to process and regulate your emotions and face the traumas because it feels really intense. Like, you know, understand Um, You know, you have a lot of mechanisms in your body that don't want to feel that stress that the stories create. You know, they don't want to feel that, you know, and it's understandable because if you spend a long time feeling that, being in that state of stress, it's it's very crippling. And, you know, long, long periods of that, it really, it leads to, that's what really leads to suicide, right? It's just like becomes unbearable at a point. Um, And, you know, I can understand why people are trying to numb it. 
you know, there's a lot of different options that we do have now. You know, you just pick up your phone, you look on your phone and you, you know, you just look at funny videos or whatever it is. Um, you drink alcohol, you got mates that do all the same thing. You're feeding to the same patterns. Uh, food, food's a big one as well. Like there's so many options there in order for you to just block out that noise, either drink it, take drugs, whatever, for you to get that temporary escape. So I can understand, I understand how you're doing that and why you're doing that. And for anyone listening, it's very important that if you're doing that, don't judge yourself for doing that, okay? You got to go into the conversation with yourself the same way I'm going into it now with compassion. You got to talk to yourself with compassion because if you judge yourself, oh, fuck, there you are numbing it again, not dealing with your shit. Are you so weak? You're a fucking pussy, whatever it is. All that does, it just lowers your self-esteem. It lowers your confidence in being able to actually deal with it. You make yourself feel like shit again. You feel like shit again or you feel shit now. What are you going to want to do if you feel like shit? You're going to want to numb it again. And it goes through the same fucking cycle. And then you really, that's another construct in your mind, like the judgment around how you're dealing with the issue. And it's, it, you can just like build more and more stories on top of each other that just makes it worse. So when you're going through this process, you got to go into it with compassion and love because that's really what you want. Mm. That's all you want. All you want is love. You got to talk to yourself. Look, I understand why you're doing that. And then you got to give yourself evidence to support why it's not serving you. I understand that you're drinking. It's something that you saw your father do. And it's so omnipresent around you. There's pubs everywhere. All your friends are alcoholics and they drink a lot. And that's their way of uh, dealing with their emotions. But this isn't serving you because I get hung over the next day. I'm fucking grumpy. I sleep like shit, spend all my money, become uh, very aggressive when I'm on alcohol, whatever it is. Gather the evidence. When you're gathering more and more evidence to support, to go against what you're doing, it's devaluing what it is. When you have less mm. value towards that, that's when you can, that's when you're not so gravitated towards it anymore. Once you finish that deconstruction of that, that's when you can reconstruct something more. Okay. So it's not support. Uh, here's the evidence to suggest why it's not serving me. Okay. Uh, what is going to serve me instead is. Uh, the behavior of going for a walk outside in nature and connecting with some friends that are aligned with that sort of stuff, making an effort to do that. Now it is going to feel uncomfortable, but the evidence to suggest why it's okay to feel uncomfortable is because I'm going to feel better afterwards. Okay. Express mm -hmm. how you feel, talk to someone, get different perspectives on the situation. The positive benefit out of that is I'm going to be able to start working through my stuff. You know, you got to replace one behavior with another behavior because people they may have all these bad habits that have been manifested from their poor state from traumas but you can't just take away the habit if you just take it away you've got nothing there to replace you trying to feel good because really you just want to feel good and people that drink a lot eat it's just escaping their brain temporarily it makes them feel good that's all they know so you got to replace it with something else it could be meditation reading a book and you got to understand also at first as soon as you start these new things, it's not going to give you such an instant hit of feeling as good as what you've normally done, especially if you've been taking drugs, cocaine, it fries your dopamine receptors and taking pills, you know, it fries your serotonin receptors. So everything else just seems a lot less enjoyable, but that's the part of how it's going to take time. It really is going to take time. And the way society is constructed now is it does supply a lot of evidence to suggest why you're not good enough.
It supplies mm. it everywhere. There's an ad of a guy with fucking shredded six pack. There's a guy with a fucking nice car or whatever it is. Oh, there's another reason why I'm not good enough. Now I'm not gonna, I'm not worthy of love because I don't have that car. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna be successful as the businessman that I'm comparing myself to. That's that's of a higher hierarchy than me at work. Like it's very easy, but you gotta understand that this is just how you're perceiving things around you. After a while, when you gain some more self worth, when you learn to love yourself more, and you do love yourself more and more. You won't see someone that's of a higher hierarchy than you and you won't compare yourself to them because you know deep inside you're like, I don't need to compare myself to this person because I'm already good enough. You'll see someone with a car that's really fucking amazing. You look at that and you won't feel shit because you're like, well, no, I already love myself. I'm already good. I don't need that to for me to f- feel like I have a sense of worth in this world, you know? And the more you do that, the less society then starts to affect you. And this is the self-responsibility that comes into this. Because I used to have a very negative relationship with society. Very negative relationship. And it didn't help me. It just, again, it just created another construct in my mind that made me feel stressed whenever I was out in situations. Yeah, fuck, man. (laughs) Honestly, man, I could sit here and just listen to you, like, because you are... You're so fucking passionate about, um, yeah, like just helping people heal. And it is, I think that there is, there's such, there's so much to be said for the, you talked about a lot of behaviors there that I think I, I would certainly associate with, um, again, and I don't, I'm not always trying to frame things like men and women, but like, mm particularly when you talk about drugs and you talk about drinking and you talk about these these ways in which we create almost like that safety in community so our, if, if if our if our friendship group and our community our tribe is basing itself around yeah you know going to the pub on the weekends you know which fucking seems like a lifetime ago for here here in the uk but mm-hmm. it would just just there you know, everything's sort of opening up again now but um and it's you know an afternoon of getting on the fucking beers, getting the bag in, um, mm. you know, and and what that does is it creates your belief that that is the only way to have a, you know, th- that's your group, that's your tribe. Those are the guys that are meant to essentially create a safe space for you. And, and again, as men, I think we really struggle with the fact that when we recognize that that's no longer serving us, we don't know how to, disconnect from it because we're so Mm. fearful of the judgment we're scared of the we're scared of what we think people are going to test you know think about us because when we decide that we don't want to do coke anymore when we don't want to go out drinking anymore when those behaviors no longer serve us um the disconnection process you can almost feel that shame and you think, oh, like they're going to think that I think I'm better than them. And, you know, like, I, you know, I, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know how to navigate because I think you could also feel a lot of shame in walking away from people, men, you know, that mm. they could be your boys that you've, they, they've been your friends, friends for fucking a decade. You know, you might know them mm. from school. And I think a lot of guys, especially I had it in, in my sort of mid twenties, um, and especially over the last kind of year or two as well, like when you experience and really start, because you see, you see so many men, like so many men our age, they go through and they're like, suddenly you see one of them started taking up, yeah, like nature walks. One of them started out of nowhere taking up paddleboarding or mountaineering mm-hmm. or um, they've suddenly gone sober or they've, you know, 
everyone goes along these the, on their own path and they step into these or they step out of these behaviors and uh you know in their own time and yeah like there are times in my life where i thought if i'd have gone sober and stopped drinking or stopped doing drugs and the biggest fear for me was the fear of judgment from everyone else doing it and yeah. you know it's just but everyone's doing it you know i think you come out of that phase. I say everyone's doing it. Like, you know, like, I've seen a lot of people, you know, in and around their late twenties, early thirties who just go, it's like they reach a point where they're like, they're sick of it. And they'll go, right, I'm going to stop drinking now. Oh, I'm going to start going for, I'm going to start running. I'm going to take up jogging. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go start doing jujitsu. I'm going to start doing all of these things. Um, and yeah, I think just one of the things that I've seen most is the fear of stepping onto that new path. Um, and the, the judgment that people fear from their peers. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, 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 um, that's one that I can see that uh, uh, could be a part of uh, people's individual experience as they're going through this process. Now, um, just going back to the self-responsibility part. So if you're worried about people judging you, and if people's judgments on you affect you, it's because you don't like the fact that you judge yourself. Okay. So anyone who judges you, you see that as a way you don't like that because you don't like the fact that you judge yourself. So someone can judge me for fucking hippie, man. You know what I mean? Like people can judge me for whatever they want to label me as. Someone who's not drinking anymore. Oh, look at this guy, Mr. Healthy. People can judge you and people will judge you because the reason why people judge you is because they judge themselves. They use judgment as a way to try and motivate themselves to not do something that they don't like. And you do the same thing too if other people's judgment affects you because then it brings out that experience that you that you do to yourself. So once you remove the self-judgment that you give yourself, like, like, oh, fuck, man. Oh, look, you're leaving your boys. You've known them for 10 years. Oh, look, fuck, it's boring. They're going to think you're boring. Like, that's what you think of yourself. Like, you don't really know what they're saying. You could be just be mind reading that. Really, that some of them could be like, fuck, man, good on him, man. That's something I want to do. But you don't know that. You can just create a story in your mind that's all based on your own judgment. And even if they are judging you, it's okay because people are going to fucking judge you. You can't control if people judge you or they don't judge you. But what you can control is how you feel about that judgment. Like people Mm -hmm. judge me and that's okay because they're just reflecting their inner experience out onto me. So when I see that, I'm like, cool, I understand why you're judging me because you judge yourself and you're using judgment as a way to motivate you to not do things that you don't like. I get that. Like the drum circle, I've had people judge me. Oh, a bunch of hippies all dancing and shit. And I know it's really because they judge they judge us because they judge themselves. And they probably judge us because they don't feel comfortable dancing and letting go sober in a public space in front of everyone. They don't do they feel uncomfortable. Even if they start feeling the grooves a little bit, they're like, God, don't you look like an idiot. Like you look like a fucking weirdo. Like, don't do that. You know, you got to fucking look, you got to control yourself. You know what I mean? It, so I understand why people judge me because they're just judging themselves, right? So if people judge me, I'm not going to judge them for that. 
You know what I mean? I'm just going to be like, I understand why you're judging yourself. You know, it's because, and that's something that you maybe you learned from your parents. Your parents used to judge other people around you. Your parents used to judge you. Uh, your room is so dirty. Your room is so messy. You're messy. They judge you as a way to motivate you to go clean your room. Mm. Rather than what's going on? What, what, you know, why are you struggling to clean your room? Oh, I'm just fucking bored. Hate it. Why do you, why do you, why do you hate cleaning your room? It just takes up so much time. You know, I want to go outside and play with my friends. Okay. So you value your friends playing with your friends more than cleaning your room. Yeah. Cool. I understand that. That's really good that you have a lot of value. Like there's another way, obviously, you know, we all weren't parented perfectly. I fucking wasn't, but it's something that you got to learn how to do when you're talking to yourself so that you're not mm. fucking judging yourself for these things that you don't like about yourself. Cause that's not a nice experience to have judgment, constant judgment. So when you let go of your judgment, this is where it all ends up. When you let go of your own judgment, other people's judgment won't affect you. That's it, man. That's literally like, <laughs> you just fucking nailed it. Um, what would you say are the, I mean, if you were to say like, okay, someone's out there, they're fucking, they've reached that point and they're like, okay, look, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sort my shit out. I have no fucking clue where to begin with this stuff. It's great. You know? Yeah, cool. I want to stop judging myself. I want to start learning how to unpack my trauma. I want to heal my shit. Um, I don't know what the fuck to do to start this off. I mean, what would you say would be like, I don't know, like a few things, like two, three things that you just go, right. Just get yourself started okay. with this. All right. First things first, don't judge yourself for not knowing what to do. That's number one. <laughs> All right. Because it's, it's okay to not know. And you know what, if you learn to just be okay with not knowing what to do, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of your healing. Cause already you're learning how to let go. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Now, all of this, it's going to sound really just like, oh my God, this sounds like so much work I need to do, so much energy, so much effort. Like i got to challenge every story that comes up in my mind and talk to myself like I'm a fucking 10 out of 10 parent. You know, like I get that, you know, and I think it's important now that if you're hearing this podcast, not to put shit loads of pressure on yourself, that you, you got to somehow sort your shit out straight away. Like this is a process that takes time. Mm. I've been on this spiritual journey for like eight years now i think you know since i've had my spiritual awakening but really all i'd say the spiritual awakening is is you're just really starting to tap into the deep deeper part of you and really start to come you really start asking yourself those really deep questions like hold on a second you don't have your shit together what's going on you know who are you why are you here like you just start having that conversation with yourself so i think if you're at a stage where you are aware that, okay, I want to work on myself. I'm ready to start working on myself. That's it. You're fucking, you're, you're, you've already started. Like you're on the path. Like you're now directing energy into that part of your system, that part of your experience, that spiritual system. You're not suppressing it. You're not numbing it. You're not blocking it out. You're now diverting because we're all energy, you're now diverting a part of your energy. And really what you want to do is divert like a third of your energy, third to the physical, third to the mental, third to the spiritual, just so you've got like, you're pretty balanced, got a good level of wholeness, but really now you're starting to fill up 
be more energy into that spiritual component. Be like, hey, man, who the fuck are you? You know, why are you here? And over time, it's it's going to get easier to answer those questions. Like you might get a realization now that helps you define that where it's like, who am I? Why am I here? Okay. All right. Fuck. All right. Um, ugh, I, I want to help people. You know, that's kind of where it starts, right? And the reason why it starts like that, because everyone needs a purpose and it's easy to feed off your ego uh, to give you some sense of purpose where it's like, you know, I'm really good at making money. And you just use that as a, just something to direct you into what the fuck you're doing in this life. Right. But we all need a purpose. And, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of everyone, but I think that it is going to somewhat gravitate towards helping people because we're tribal species. So our purpose was directed towards helping others and sharing energy with others. Cause we lived in these highly socially complex tribes. So if you're on that sort of idea where it's like, it's like you, bro, you're, you're on your spiritual journey now and you know that you want to help people. That's why you're spending time on this podcast. That's why you're doing this podcast before work. And I can see how passionate you are for this. Like you're trying to find people that are really going to help, you know, your audience. You're setting up these groups, you're building your social media, you've converted like your old business model into something because you're finding your purpose now. You're finding it. And, and now you're breaking up through all the things that are limiting you. Like, yeah, I'm still in this nine to five, you know, I'm still kind of working in that job, but you're, you're still processing it. You're still challenging it. You're still working on it. You know, you're getting there, you know, it's, you're not going to go into the gym and squat 200 kilos straight away. It's, it's, it's just step by step. And I think it's just part of it is people just acknowledging that, that it's okay. If you don't have your shit together, like you don't have to act like you do all the time. And I understand why you might want to act like you do because society is kind of showing you all these guys. just like, Hey man, I'm fucking James Bond. And you know, I'm fucking have all these super martial arts moves and I get all the chicks and shit. And got a mad car. Like I get why you always want to probably feel like you got your shit together, but it's okay to not just go through this process of learning how to let go. Cause when you let go, that's when your brain will do its thing. That's when your body will do its thing. That's when you start feeling the emotions and as painful as it fucking is, as uncomfortable as it fucking is, just like when you go into the gym, learning how to do a squat for the first time, it's like, fuck this shit. Everyone's looking at me, you know, my fucking legs are hurting and all this. It's okay. Cause you know that it's going to be okay. It's going to get better. So as long as you finish your thinking pattern on that, okay. Oh my God, I'm sad. This happened in my childhood. I don't know what it means. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. But it's okay. Everything is going to be okay. Bang. All right. The more you reinforce that, everything's going to be all right. Whatever you want to say it could be in your own words. The more, the better you're going to be able to get through it. It's just kind of like flipping it over, maintaining balance. And then next time you have that thought process, you might get a realization. You get a nugget. It's kind of like when you're at the gym, you're like, fuck, oh, that's how you squat. Fuck, the whole time I was, my knee was coming in now. I, you know, you know, I got to bend it this way. It's same thing. You just, you learn, you make that connection. You're, you're making a new, if anyone watching, just, just watch a video called on neuroplasticity. You'll see literally how the brain forms new connections. And every time you get a realization, that's a spark. The more you reinforce that realization, the stronger that connection gets. And then the more autopilot it is. And eventually you've literally constructed a reality that's occurring in on autopilot. You don't have to put as much effort into it as you have have to do in the beginning so yeah 
<laughs> just just do that, guys, and you're fucking sorted. Like you're you're good. Um, just do that. Was, One rep of that. Just do that, and and also just tune into Channel Earth every day. Oh fuck yeah, bro! <laughs> yes, guys. Any everyone everyone watching? The reason why nature is nature facilitates this whole journey a lot easier because nature has less triggers, less distractions. It has a lot less like random, <coughs> sorry, information coming through. Like buy this, look at this, compare yourself to this. Like, you know, nature's got no straight lines for fuck's sake. Everything's just flowing and it makes it really easy for you to just get deep and you'll feel it. And it is a problem now. Actually, a lot of people do not spend enough time in nature. That's why, um, you know, things like allergies are increasing because people don't have as much contact with plants and animals. So therefore they're not building a diversity of microbacteria in their gut and on their skin. So foreign bodies and things like that can invade and get in, into your system a lot easier. And people's immune systems are a lot more, a lot weaker in general. So I think it's important in general, like whole holistically for your mental health, spiritual health, physical health for you to just go outside and spend more time in nature it really does facilitate um your journey with everything uh, a lot a lot easier you know they've done studies on people literally put them in an environment where it's a forest they delve deeper in a parasympathetic nervous system meaning that you know that's when your body's like focusing on healing your cells and digesting food and all that stuff so channel earth very good <laughs> <laughs> oh man Charles, I could sit here and talk to you all morning. Um, it's been a fucking pleasure, bro. Uh, I just, Likewise. yeah, very, very grateful for you, your time, your message. Um, please do, you know, feel free to tell everyone where they can find you because I have no doubts that you are, your message is going to, it's it's going to blow up. Um, it's going to help a lot of people. So uh, yeah, tell people where they can find you. Thanks, brother. So uh, you can find me on Instagram as Charles Missy. My last name is M-Y-S-S-Y. You can also find me on Facebook. And um, yeah, guys, connect there. I love to connect with more like-minded people that are aligned, uh, that are kind of getting, just starting to get into this journey uh, or who are already kind of into this journey. I'm all about building a community of like-minded people and sharing content around all these topics. Uh, James, I just want to say thank you so much for creating space for me to express myself and my message and thank you for sharing your story with me as well i definitely see that where you know there's a lot of things that we actually share in common man and um yeah i think this is the start of a nice connection together bro thank you brother really appreciate it um yeah no doubt we'll connect again soon man but thank you again for your time there we go as you can probably hear every single time charles stopped talking during that conversation i had to take a second just to sit and process uh just super grateful for again the wisdom the message and for for charles jumping on the podcast with me so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode i have included so you can find charles on instagram i've i've tagged him in the episode notes also tagged um the work he does with his drumming his drum circle and bondi health house in the episode notes as well and i've also added the better help link uh, that i mentioned from the sponsor at the beginning of the episode Obviously, as always, if you like the episode, please feel free to share it on social media, amongst friends and family. But again, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to sharing another episode next week.